know, if you don't suffer from colorblindness, that gives you a kind of a picture into what it would be like to feel that and then suddenly to be able to see color clearly. And we're talking about vision today and you can see in these two images a little bit of what that would be like when green and red are, aren't, aren't different and then suddenly you can see it again. And what's kind of amazing is that actually statistically one in 12 men suffer from colorblindness and one in 200 women now my family we have uh, we have lived out that statistic because there are a number of things in our house that i am telling you they are pink <laughs> and my wife is certain that they are purple and it's probably because male eyes just can't see colors quite as clearly and so it's possible that you are that person that you know that person that you've been around people but what i love about these videos and that grandfather at the end just doesn't even know what to do with the energy when suddenly he can see it clearly is that for each of them there's sort of this sense that they didn't even know what they couldn't see so that's true for us as well because beyond color blindness all of us have blind spots maybe not visual but things that we don't know about ourselves and, and these are different than weaknesses it's not the weakness that i'm trying to work on it's dangers areas about me things i don't realize that i'm completely unaware of that we think we're a great listener and we don't realize that the people around us think that we are not a good listener at all you know that we think that we're a patient person but the people around us can see that blind spot that really we're actually a pretty angry person you know that often we give ourselves the benefit of the doubt in a situation but we don't give the benefit of that to others and it creates blind spots for us so here's the thing one out of every one men have blind spots and one out of every one women do too in fact research shows that all of us have something like 3.1 blind spots in our lives that we know absolutely nothing about and what we need is, is we need somebody to, to give us a pair of glasses. Somebody who can give us vision, who can open up our eyes. Well, it takes vision to see where you're going. And as we've been talking about startup and talking about the, the organization that Jesus started, we know that organizations take vision too. We, we talk about that a lot. We talk about casting vision. We talk about visionary leaders. You know, people who changed the world because they saw something about the world and then they made it happen. Well, but at the same time, we know that we don't always see the world clearly, right? That there are pieces of information that we're missing and that's what we call blind spots. And so what we find out is that we need someone to open our eyes because the vision to overcome blind spots is given, not discovered, it's given, not discovered. The idea being, if I have blind spots, no matter how hard I look for them, by definition, I can't see them because they're blind spots. I cannot tell you what the back of my head looks like right now. I can try, but I can't, right? You would have to tell me. You could stand behind me. You could tell me if my hair's messed up, if I don't have any hair back there anymore, Right? because it's a blind spot for me. So the vision to see our blind spots has to be given to us, not discovered. Because what happens is it's not just the back of my head, that keeps me from seeing the world clearly. It keeps me from seeing other people clearly. It keeps me from seeing myself clearly. 
And if I'm in leadership, well, that becomes dangerous not only for me, but for the people I lead, right? And before you check out and say, well, I'm, I'm not a leader, let me suggest to you that leadership is less about title and it's more about influence. Whether you are a CEO in a company or a parent in a home or whether you just have close friends, there are lives of people around you who follow your lead, people that you influence. And so the question is, where are you leading them? And how can we do that if we have blind spots? Well, that's what Jesus wants to get to today because as we continue in Luke chapter 6, he wants to try to give us that vision. And the first way he does that is to help us see others clearly. In fact, in Luke chapter 6, verse 37, we see one of Jesus' probably most famous statements, but it's often used wrong. He says, judge not and you shall not be judged. I'm telling you, this is one of the most quoted things that Jesus has ever said, because every time somebody doesn't like what I'm doing, hey man, don't judge me, right? Or other people say it to us. If we try to correct something in there, hey, don't judge me. Hey, isn't that what Jesus said? Don't judge. Hey, I don't judge, right? And what ends up happening is, what's really happening there? They're judging your judging, right? And so in, in attempts not to be judgmental, we end up more judgmental. It, it gets really confusing. So what is Jesus really saying here? We'll put all these pieces together and you'll see how it begins to fit because he says, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. If you remember last week, as we talked about loving our enemies, one of the things that came through there is what we call the golden rule. That usually we hear stated as, as you would do to others. Can I, can I even say it? <laughs> do unto others as you would have them do to you. Right? And essentially, this whole section is unpacking that further. But first, we have to recognize that this is what God has done for us. You see, normally we come into something like this, and I think about myself, and I think about my mistakes, and I think about things I've done wrong, and I think about things I've done right, and I think about places I tried to do it right, and I still got it wrong, and I say, well, I hope God understands. I hope God will be merciful. I hope God will forgive me. I hope other people will forgive me. I hope they'll give me a second chance, right? We judge ourselves the way we hope God will judge us. On the flip side, often when it comes to other people, we don't give them the same benefit of the doubt. And essentially what Jesus is encouraging us is to judge others how we hope God would judge us. Right? If we would want mercy, if we would want a second chance, if we would want forgiveness, that we extend that to other people. Not just because he said so, but because he did so. That that is what God has offered to us so that we can extend it to others. And so it's important to understand here that when Jesus says not to judge and not to condemn, he's not saying that when we look at other people's behavior, hey, anything goes, who cares, just, you know, don't judge, right? There's still a court of law. There are still those pieces in place. We still need to recognize right and wrong. Otherwise, well, what am I forgiving you for anyway? Right? The idea here, though, is that we release the critical attitude. The idea here is that we begin to see others how we would want to be seen. We begin to give them the benefit of the doubt like we would want the benefit of the doubt. That changes the way that we talk to our coworkers. You know, that changes the way I, I communicate with my spouse. 
if I can begin to replace judge and condemn with give and forgive. What makes this hard is that we don't really always want our blind spots to be uncovered. You know, that, that could be kind of painful. And so sometimes people are trying to give us the feedback, hey, do you realize you're not a good listener? Hey, do you realize how angry you get sometimes? Hey, do you realize that you're late to like every single meeting? Hey, do you realize? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Well, I had a reason for that. Well, I, I was angry because, you know, after what they did, you know, we try to explain it away instead of really seeing it clearly. You know, that's why they give you those uh, side mirrors on the car, right? That's to help you see blind spots. But here's the thing. No matter how hard you stare at that mirror, there's still stuff that you can't see. And if you're like me, even though my dad tells me, don't do this, I'm always trying to, you know, do the over-the-shoulder thing, look around. Now they start putting the, the little cameras on the mirror so you can see a little bit more. Right, we need somebody else to give us that. That mirror gives us a little bit. That camera gives us a little bit more so that we can see others clearly. I'll give you a perfect example of this from my own life. I'm sure something like this has probably never happened to you. Here's a great example of giving myself the benefit of the doubt and not other people. I walk into work one day and I've got a meeting with the COO. And I'm half an hour late. But I texted him on my way. I let him know, you know, I, I, I got up late. Hey, these things happen. And then, um, like today, I could say, well, you know, there's water across the road. I had to go a different way. I'm really sorry I'm late. And his response to me is, no problem. I have the time. We'll, we'll meet when you get here. So half an hour late, but we meet. We have a great meeting. Later that afternoon, I have a meeting with the CEO. And he is 15 minutes late. And this is ridiculous. Does he not realize how important my time is? I need to be out of here by four o'clock. And I, we said two, it's been on the calendar. Now you see what happens there, right? I'm much more willing to understand my own situation and then to judge and condemn somebody else who might be in the exact same situation. See, Jesus is presenting to us that what we're willing to give ourselves, what we desire for ourselves, that forgiveness, that mercy, that second chance, God has offered that to us. And then forgiven people can begin to forgive others. Right? That's that golden rule again. That's this, this line of thinking that Jesus is presenting to us that we begin to see others clearly, not necessarily because I know all the blind spots. Right? Because in that moment when the CEO's not there yet, I don't know why he's late and I don't care. Right? When I'm late, I know exactly why I'm late and it's really understandable if you just let me explain, <laughs> right? And the reality is, sometimes you find out later, you know, he could tell me, ah, oh, well, this happened, that happened, family crisis, emergency, whatever. But a lot of times we never get all the information. There's always blind spots that we have. And so what if we walked into each of those circumstances with the intent of giving others the benefit of the doubt. You see, that's what God does for us. In fact, if we back up just one verse to what was actually the last verse of our passage last week, if you remember, it said, Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. That's a picture of who God is. That's a picture of what Jesus is teaching us because Jesus isn't asking us to do anything 
that he hasn't already done for us. And this would have been shocking to the people at that time that they could look at God and call him Father. But I think some of what he's hinting at here is that if God leads our life, if we begin to have that relationship with him where we let God speak into our blind spots, where we let God help us see other people clearly, then actually we start to bear a family resemblance to our dad in heaven. We start to show the kind of mercy that he's shown us, the kind of forgiveness that he has shown us. And that helps us see others clearly. And so Jesus kind of illustrates this by by giving an example that comes right out of the financial world for them. It says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, I don't know how often you go into town to buy a sack of grain. I I don't do that that often. (laughs) But that was very common for them. And, you know, for us, it's probably a little bit like when you buy a bag of potato chips. You ever buy a bag of chips and like, man, I'm going to eat this whole thing myself and the bag is this big and you rip that thing open? Like, where are the chips? (laughs) They're all the way down in the bottom. I thought I was buying a bag like this, but I guess I bought a bag like this. Now, I know they pack it with air to keep them from breaking and all that stuff. And on the back of the bag, some settling may occur. Some, right? I want a bag of chips. Well, that's what Jesus is talking about. Because what they would do is, when you came in to buy grain, you would actually be holding out the bag, and and the bosom actually refers to this part of your clothing, so that when they poured the grain in, we know some settling may occur. So rather than you get home and realize you needed a full bag to feed your family, and now you've only got half a bag, what we do is shake it a little bit. Let, let that grain settle. Pour in a little bit more. Press it down. Get that to settle a little bit more. Pour in a little bit more until ultimately it's overflowing and even the extra grain is falling into my lap. And I don't come home with a bag of chips that I say, what, what happened to the good stuff? I'm blessed beyond the measure even of the bag that I brought with me. See, that's the picture that Jesus is giving us. What if we approach our relationships with other people that way? I mean, isn't that what we want from God? And so what if we went into relationships and like God did, we thought, what could I possibly do in this moment right now when I feel like I'm getting frustrated to just shake that bag a little bit, to to fit in a little bit more forgiveness, a little bit more generosity, a little bit more patience, a little bit more grace, a little bit more love. Until that's overflowing. It's easier said than done, but it's a beautiful picture, isn't it? You know, whatever you think about God as you walk into this place this morning, you know, for many of us, we fear that God is merely a judge. And that the only thing that he's going to do is get us for the things we've done wrong. But what if God was such a gracious forgiver... That even when he sees those things, what he really desires is to pour blessing on us until we are overflowing. Because then I don't get home and say, I don't even have enough to feed my family. I get home and I say, I've got so much. Who else wants to eat? Let's share this thing. See, that way, when we begin to see others clearly, we also have an opportunity to see ourselves clearly. And, And that's what Jesus wants for you. That's what he wants for me, to see yourself clearly. And so he goes on in verse 39. And as you read this, 
Boy, Jesus says a lot of really important, really serious, really sincere things. I think in the midst of that, there might actually be a couple jokes here. Look at what he says in verse 39. He spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? I so picture that in your head for a minute. And here comes the punchline. Won't they both fall into a ditch? A disciple's not above his teacher, but everyone who's perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? This is Jesus teaching on leadership. In the middle there, there's that phrase, disciple. A disciple is somebody who follows a teacher, who learns from them how to think like them, how to act like them, how to be like them. Right? And if you remember, just a couple weeks back, Jesus went away by himself, prayed all night long, and chose those that he would call leaders in his startup, in his organization. And now he's teaching them. These last few weeks of what we've studied is like the first things that they've heard since being identified as, hey, you, 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 you're going to be my guys. Come sit, listen to me. And listen to this, because you've got blind spots. Even though you're excited, there are things that you don't realize about yourself, about the people around you. Can the blind lead the blind? I can tell you, the blind cannot lead the blind. He goes on in verse 42 to expand this picture because he says, how can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite. Now, hypocrite, that's a word that means, essentially, I have a different standard for me than I have for you. And I'm acting like I'm okay, and I'm acting like I know what's going on, but I don't. I have blind spots, and I can't see them. First, he says, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but just be honest in your heart. How good are you at seeing the speck in other people's eyes? I am so good at this. Like, if this was an Olympic event, I would have gold every time. Mm, I don't like your bad attitude. Like, especially with my children, right? This is that horrible moment where you realize your kids are just like you. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Why do you have such a bad attitude? Oh, I mean, um, well, let's all show each other grace. (laughs) See, here's the problem. We look at other people's specs, and we don't realize... We've got a plank. See, Jesus isn't talking about just a little piece of something in my eye. Jesus is talking like a signpost. That this is what's happening to me when I walk by you and say, Hey, you know, you got something in your eye. (laughs) And I can't see the plank in my own face. Now you can imagine any number of things that this plank could be. A few years ago, I helped a a friend of mine. Uh, We started up a a not-for-profit organization. And I don't know anything about that. But we're doing our best, and we're we're trying to hire the right people to help us kind of move through that and fill out the right paperwork and get everything lined up with the government. Well, we're tax-exempt. It's a 501c3. And so one day, somebody asked me, did you guys figure out how to do your tax forms? Well, we are a tax-exempt organization. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Well, think about how dangerous that is. Right? If I walk into a room like this, you can't even get close to me. And if you try, <sighs> take everybody out. Right? So fortunately, <laughs> somebody showed us that blind spot before we ever got anything set up so that we handle all of the paperwork right. 
Otherwise, that blind spot, it's not only heavy, it's dangerous. You think about that in a family. If I've got an anger problem and I'm not dealing with it, well, that affects my family. That affects my kids. You know, if there are blind spots in my life that, that I'm not paying attention to, then what ends up happening is it's not only affecting me, but because I don't see it and I don't deal with it, it begins to affect other people, and they can end up with the same blind spots that I have. Jesus wants to help us remove those. Jesus wants to help us leave those behind. Because he knows how much he can hurt us. And, and a lot of times, when we come to this book, sometimes even when we come into a place like this, you know, where we say, horizon is yours to explore. And we want to help people comfortably connect to God. And sometimes we feel uncomfortable anyway, because what if, like Jesus tells me to do something or change something, and I don't want to, and what if, what if it's supposed to be better, but I can't see because it's going to hurt the first time? I think I'll just, I think I'll just leave it in. And we don't realize that that hurts even worse. And because we're not aware and we don't want sometimes to change. Now, we're talking in theory right now, right? And so it's easy for us to say, oh no, man, if I had something like that in my eye, absolutely, absolutely I would change. I would be so glad if somebody could show me that. Well, let's test this a little bit. I want to give you two questions, and I want you to answer them on a scale of one to ten. The first question is, how open am I to new information? Okay, so give yourself on a scale of one to ten, where one is I am hostile to new information, don't you dare give me any new information, la 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 kind of stuff. And on the other end, a ten would be, oh, I'm completely open to new information. All right, same thing with how open am I to change? Once I've got that new information, how open am I to actually using it to change something about myself, something that, that might, I might be doing wrong, some way that I might be able to improve, some way that I might be able to grow? One being I'm hostile toward change, and ten being like I'm a completely new person every day of the week. All right? You got your numbers? Actual numbers. Pick real numbers. So here's what you do. Multiply those two numbers together. Okay, because essentially what, what usually happens is, well, I, nobody's perfect, so I shouldn't say 10, but probably, you know, maybe like a 7 to get new information, maybe only a 5 to actually apply it. Well, here's what happens. You multiply those together. You've got a, you only have a 35% chance of hearing truth and making a necessary change. Right? Because if 3 out of 10 times, I don't want to hear it, I don't even get to the second layer. But even those 7 out of 10 times, if I'm only willing to actually use the information half the time, I'm down to a 35% chance of removing a blind spot. 65% chance of keeping the plank in my eye. Well, maybe you're not as reticent to change as I am and you gave yourself two sevens. That's only a 49% chance. Even if you bump that up to two nines, because like now that you're listening, well, I better be a, I better be at least a nine then, right? 81% chance. You still have almost a 20% chance of keeping that thing stuck in your face and not even being able to see it. Right? That's, that's the picture Jesus is giving us here, that it should be as plain as the plank on your face and you're just completely unaware. So what do we do? 
Well, I'll tell you something that happened to me once. Because would you believe, I have blind spots. I hope by this point you can believe that. You know, when we've got blind spots, that's something that only other people can show us. I would suggest to you this morning that that God can too. And a few years ago, my wife and I were doing some uh, marriage counseling. And I can't tell you, like, counseling with your spouse? What an incredible tool in the toolbox to build a healthy relationship. So one of the reasons that we're talking to this counselor is because apparently, (laughs) apparently I get too angry. Right, so... I mean, multiple times, for years in our marriage. I think you're getting too angry. No, I'm not. I think you're too angry at the kids. No, because this happened, that happened, and I'm tired. And then when they do this, and I was trying to do that, and I was trying to help with this, and I was trying to make you happy, and I'm about to get angry again. But it was a blind spot for me, because I always had a way I could write that thing off. Well, then I start to realize, no, this is something that actually needs to change. You know, that first time that I I went before God and said, actually, I confess this to you, God. I I agree with you that when I get that angry and when I start shouting, that's actually, that's actually wrong. And so we come to the, the counseling and we're talking about ways you strengthen your marriage and we're looking for tips about anger and what kind of things to watch for and what kind of triggers and stuff like that. And I think, this is so great. I found my blind spot and now I'm, you know, the plank is gone. And you know what I found out? Like behind every blind spot, there's like three more blind spots. <laughs> Anger was actually just the way that I was manifesting that the people pleaser part of me plus the controller part of me can really cause damage because I'm doing the best I daggone can to make the world the best place ever. And if you don't, happy that I... Uh, Right? If I can't force you to be happy, not only have I failed as a people pleaser, but I've failed as a controller. Right? And not only that, I discovered that there are many times in my life where I have operated primarily out of a fear of failure. And then I'm bracing myself so much against that that I'm building up emotional energy that then I take it out on other people. So imagine sitting in this counseling session, or these counseling sessions, and thinking, I think I got it all figured out. But there's actually another layer. One more thing Jesus needs to show me. Something else he's trying to teach me. And discovering that I've been so afraid of failing, but I actually already have. And then to have my wife say, I forgive you. Why? I didn't ask her for permission to tell you this, but I'm telling you anyway. She says to me, the rest of this I did, just not this next part, but I think it's okay. Well, Jesus forgave me, so I know I need to forgive you. I can't tell you how many times in my life since that moment when I feel like I've probably done too much wrong and I feel like I'm probably too off track and I feel like I must be just blinder than a bat again and I start to cower from God because I feel like the gavel is about to come down. And then I remember that my wife says, well, I can forgive you like Jesus forgives you. She's human. And she can remember the times that it, it hurt her that I was angry. If she can forgive me, why would I think that God Almighty 
who calls himself love, couldn't. See, this is what is so unique about the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus uniquely makes it possible for me to see myself clearly because God already sees me clearly. You know, in, in corporate America, it's all about polish, right? I, I, need to, I need to, just physically, I need to look right, I need to get things right, I need to look successful, I need to be moving forward, can't show weakness because people will manipulate that, people will take advantage of that, people will abuse that. And so we push these things down. We want to pretend that they're not there. We want to act like we're okay. And then we relate that to God and we start to think, I can't show God who I really am. Or what if, what if people... What if God, if he's up there, what if he knew what I was really like in my worst moments? Remember, this passage started with judge not, condemn not, forgive and give. Because the reality is, God already sees you clearly. God sees everything. In fact, when Jesus, God in the flesh, was living here on earth, he would call people by name before he met them. Nathaniel, how you doing? How did you know my name? Oh, I got a name tag. I don't have a name tag on. How did you know my name? He would tell people about themselves before they told him anything. You ever heard the story of the woman at the well? She says, oh, I'm not married. Jesus says, that's right. Because you've been married five times, but the man you're with right now is not your husband. How does he know that? He's God. He sees every blind spot. He sees every plank. He sees every angry outburst. He's seen every missed opportunity. He's seen every lustful thought, every moral compromise, every fear, every resentment. Every time you've compared yourself to others and said, I'm not good enough or I'm better than them. He's seen it all. A few weeks ago, we talked about Peter. Peter went fishing and caught nothing. You remember this? Then Jesus says, try again that is not how it works Jesus but he tries it again and they catch so many fish their boats start to sink Peter realizes this is a man with vision this is a man who can see what no one else can see and he falls on his knees because all of a sudden Peter sees himself clearly and he says go away from me I'm a sinful man when he saw himself clearly, when he realized what Jesus could see clearly, he thought the only appropriate response was to be separated from Jesus. Do you remember what Jesus said to him? Fear not. I will make you a fisher of men. Fear not. It's not even that Peter was wrong. Whatever comes to your mind when I read a terrifying list of of planks and blind spots like this, it's not that you're wrong. It may be that it actually allows you to see yourself clearly. But here's the thing about God. 
Those are not the things he wants to condemn you for. Those are the things he wants to forgive you for. And when Jesus spoke those words to Peter, you realize what he's saying is not only can I see the things we've gotten wrong clearly, the things we don't want to own to ourselves. Jesus says, I can show you those blind spots and we can remove them because then I see something else in you. I see potential. I see a prodigy. I see somebody whose life can be changed, who can change the lives of people around them. He gives Peter a vision, not just for an organization, for his own life. Then Peter begins to see Jesus clearly. When we see Jesus clearly, it really comes down to that verse that was right in the middle of that section, that a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who's perfectly trained will be like his teacher. See, that's what this book is all about. In fact, even this series, there's a lot of great stuff that as, as we go through Luke 5 and Luke 6, we've got a couple more weeks left of this series, and, and you can write down just all kinds of great application, like, hey, maybe marriage counseling would, be, would just be a benefit for our marriage too. I know a lot of couples in hurting places and healthy couples who just say, hey, let's go do that thing and get some more tools to help build our relationship. That's great. That'll be wonderful application. That'll help you a lot. But here's what I would tell you. At the foundation of all of that, every one of us, even as we try to help each other, we still have blind spots. There is only one man who has ever lived who has no blind spots. And that's the God-man, Jesus Christ. Now, I will tell you that I believe that from the depth of my heart. And I understand if you're not in the same place as me this morning on how confidently you believe that. But I think what Jesus offers here is an opportunity to see him clearly. And that when we begin to follow him, he begins to show us what it's like to have those blind spots revealed to us and removed from us. And imagine how that blesses a 501c3 that doesn't get into tax trouble. Right? I think about, man, I just pray how that will bless my kids that when I begin to see in them, hey, you might have anger kind of like I've had anger, I can help you. I know how to grow through that. I know what that looks like to heal from that. I know what it looks like to self-control through that and to have good conflict. How it blesses the people around us. When he's perfectly trained, he'll be like his teacher. I'm not telling you that I'm there. I'm I'm not telling you that I'm perfectly Christ-like or that I don't still have things that I'm working on, things that I struggle with, things that I wrestle through. But this is what's unique about Christianity. Because when you look at this book, these are your enchroma glasses for Jesus. You know, there's a lot of things that before we come to this book, we hear about Jesus in the world, and, and maybe we think we've seen Jesus. We, th- we think we know what he's like. Yeah, I, I've heard about Christians, and I, I th- I've heard some Bible stories, and let me tell you, when you pick up this book, it's like all of a sudden you can see red and green. All of a sudden, you see who Jesus really is. In fact, there's multiple times in this book where Jesus takes everything that they had of Scripture to the time that he was alive, and he says, watch this. It's all about me. It's all pointing to me, and I'm here to share it with you when we see Jesus clearly. 
know, there's a quote in the Pathway booklet um, that we have out there that I, I just love this. Arthur Schopenhauer once said that talent hits a target no one else can hit. And guess what? If you look around this room, you are a lot of talented people in this room. In fact, sometimes I stand up here and I think, I'm going to try to help you understand generosity or how to... And then I talk to some of you after the service, and, and you have like generosity beyond my wildest dreams. And not just like giving to another person, but thinking, how do I set up an organization that can impact thousands of people? And it's incredible the opportunities that we have just in this room right now to change the lives of our families, of our city. Is it too much to say our world? But here's the other piece. He says, talent hits a target no one else can hit. You may have opportunities that nobody else has, but genius hits a target no one else can see. You see, this is the genius of Jesus. That he doesn't just want to change lives for the here and now. He doesn't just want to heal people and feed people. That's important to him, and he did a lot of that. But what if through Jesus, we could change lives forever? What if... By seeing Jesus clearly, we realize that there's a God who can work through you to bless your forever and to bless people around you forever. That's the vision that I hope you take out of this series. I can't make you take it, but I know that's the vision that somebody shared with me at one point. Because what we discover is that even though you can't see your blind spots, it's possible you could actually trust Jesus to be your vision. You know, that's been the vision of Horizon Community Church ever since this place started. And you know, we have a really nice building here. But you know, it's not all about buildings. It's not about pews and stages and instruments. Really, Horizon is all about people and helping people see Jesus clearly. That's why we're here. That's what this is all about. And in just a minute, I want to show you a video that gives you a a picture of what building this building was like. But even as we watch, I want you to realize what we celebrate is not, hey, we got us a building. But it's the idea that all those years ago, somebody had vision that you and I might be in this building today hearing from God how to overcome our blind spots, how to press a little more mercy and grace into our relationships because God has done that for us. That's the vision of of Horizon because that's the vision of Jesus. That he is the one that we follow if we let him be our vision. Let's watch. I told you a minute ago that helping people understand what it looks like to follow Jesus, to follow his vision, that that's why Horizon is here. That we are here to be yours to explore, to help people comfortably connect to God. And you know, I believe that not just that's why Horizon is here, I believe that's why we're here today. You knew how much it rained. You came out here anyway. (laughs) Thank you. And you know, as you look at them building that, Aren't you thankful that they raised the building 12 feet up off the ground by adding dirt like Trey told us about a couple weeks ago? I pull into the parking lot. My daughter says, Are we, is our car going to be okay when we come back? I, well, dear, they added so much dirt. <laughs> Look, people had a vision. 
because Jesus had a vision. And so you ask yourself today, where are you leading people? And who are you following? And maybe that you've never considered following Jesus before. And I would offer to you that today might be an opportunity to start up. To do that for the first time. In fact, if you would like to do that, I'd like to just close us in prayer. And at the beginning of my prayer, I'll give you some words that you can, that you can use just to tell God that that's something that you might want to do. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I want to follow his vision for my life. I know that I have blind spots. I know that there are things I can't see. But I know that you can. Thank you for forgiving me. Help me to follow Christ. God, you know each of our hearts in this place today. You know where we struggle. You know what our questions are. You know what we're excited about. You know what our potential is. Lord, I pray that for each one of us, you might put the people around us and you might just work in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds to help us see you clearly. We thank you for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you all for being here today. I do have to tell you, just because of all the rain, the water is actually coming across the road now. And so one of our uh, entrances, you may have even have seen on your way in, is blocked. So I don't know exactly what the parking team is doing to make that all work out, but let's just pack in a little more patience <laughs> and a little more grace as we make our way back out of here this morning. Thank you very much for being with us. We'll see you next week. I can see clear.